What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Iron Money Podcast. This is your host, Donnie Tudal. Today, we're going to talk about beltless training and external factors while you're in the gym. Now, what is an external factor? Um, an external factor is something that is going to assist you to do a movement besides just your own body. So like a belt is an external factor. Wrist wraps. Knee sleeves are arguable. Putting blocks underneath your heels. Um, using bands. Different things like that. Um, different ways to kind of uh, make your job easier. I don't know if make your job easier is the correct way to determine. Um, a lot of people who can't squat to depth without heels or without something underneath their heels. Now, I don't like to do that because I want you to build a move with your body. The way I train, the style of training that I do, and the style of training that I have all my clients and coaches do is very, very based around building a stronger quality of life. Our motto, build a stronger life, is directly talking about your quality of life. I want you to have the best quality of life possible. And if you have to put a couple blocks underneath your heels to sit up off of the couch, to sit up off the toilet, to sit up out of your chair, that's not going to be good. <laughs> if you have to have a belt in order to sit up or bend over and grab a bag of dog food or whatever it may be, you're going to be highly limited in the things that you can do on a daily basis. So the style of training that I do with my clients, and this is 100%, um, I did some of this before, but didn't really get that um, crazy about it and really hammered down on it until I started working with Brandon Allen, who's my coach. Um, the only time that we use belts, knee sleeves, wrist wraps, anything at all, knee wraps is once we hit peak. That means our entire off-season training, which is probably going to be about 70, 65% of the training that we do is all beltless, wrist wrap less, no cuffs, no sleeves. Like I'll wear some sleeves on squat that are extremely thin. And then like when I'm squatting, I'll, I'll throw some elbow cuffs on. But outside of that, like I don't use anything when I bench, um, nothing when I deadlift. And uh, I have some stuff in my knee that I kind of need to take and make sure it's compressed, but I don't wear like my SVDs or anything like that when I'm squatting in the off season. I want as little assistance as possible. That way, when you go and put these things on, like Brandon hits it on the head, like it feels like you're cheating. Like, oh wow, this belt, damn. Like then you're focusing on something completely different. So when you are able to go in and use only your body, no external factor, no belt, no heels, no nothing, to move that weight, not only is it gonna make you stronger long-term, it's gonna keep you healthier after you get through that initial piece. It really shows you what you can and cannot do with your body. It teaches you how to brace. It teaches you how to set your lats. It teaches you how to hold onto the bar correctly. It teaches you so many things that you're not going to learn when your wrists are wrapped, when you have heavy knee sleeves on, when you have a belt on, because it forces you to rely on exactly what you have. So when I have people that use a mirror, well, I want you to feel it, go to your film, watch it. Learn from it and try and adjust it. If you're constantly looking for something in the mirror, that's going to hinder your learning. And people will argue this with me and then they'll try it and they will literally grow as a lifter in that movement twice as fast as they were before. It allows you to really focus on yourself. 
But when you go and throw a mirror in there, when you go and throw heels in there or something underneath your heels, blocks, whatever it may be, you are making it to where your body doesn't have to do its job and you're giving it little cheat codes in order to do a movement better. But that's like putting a Band-Aid on a cut. Like you're not going to actually like fix it. You're going to band-aid it, and then that root cause of why you were struggling with that movement is still going to be there. That's not something that I'm good with. So, for example, like right now in this this week, I'm doing um, AMRAPs on everything. Beltless squat AMRAP at 585. No wrist wraps on my bench AMRAP at 405. And then I got to go beltless deadlift at 625. And these are AMRAPs. Like these are legitimate. Go until you die. I'm not going to use anything. I use chalk and like my mouthpiece, but I'm not going to use anything to assist me in the in the performance of these movements, in the performance of these AMRAPs. And that is because I want my body to have to do the work. I want to overload my body right now. I want to challenge my body to maintain during fatigue. I've got a client who's a CrossFitter, and she asked me this question a couple of times. And you know, why are we doing this? Or what is the point of the AMRAP and things like this? It's like, well, you know what? AMRAPs, for me, the way that I am looking at it, might be different for a different coach. But for me, I want to see, first off, do you have a big enough set of nuts to truly take it to a AMRAP? Like, are you failing? And is there any question that you could have got one more? No? Okay, great. Yes? You, can't, you, you, know, you call it quits early? Well, let's check our heart. Let's check let's check our testicular fortitude and let's see what we can do to improve that. But if you truly take it to a failure, it shows me where you failed. And as you get, let's say you did 10 reps, you get to that six, seven, eight, nine, those reps, things are definitely going wrong at that point. Now they're not drastically wrong in my group because of how much we focus on form, but it does show me like, you know what, hey, your hamstrings, your posterior chain, your positioning your there's different things that are going to come to light as you get more and more and more fatigued now some people will get upset like oh you didn't bump my numbers um during my amrap and i hit x amount like well you know what yeah you did hit that but then i saw these things go wrong and it is more important to me for you to fix this piece that your body is showing me you have nothing assisted it's very naked raw feedback of this is where we're really struggling from the root and I can make those adjustments. And that's the most important piece. I don't care if we're adding weight to your max. I care that we have the information that we need in order to fix what is going wrong when you are maximal. Now, we are maximal with reps versus a one rep maximal. We're not at a high percentage, but we are at a high output. This is a true AMRAP. And when you do that with external factors, you know, I'm not going to be able to get what I need to as a coach and how I do things um, out of it. Now, if you're doing it, no belt, no nothing, no nada, and you're truly taking it to where you need to be, that's a very different thing. But yeah, beltless, man, one of the hardest things you can do is learn how to brace properly without a belt. The point of a belt, this is going to be very brief, but so many people constrict themselves. So the point of a belt is for you to be able to fill up into the belt. So let's say your uh, circumference of your belt is, uh, 
or of your, of your torso is 20 inches. You don't want that circumference of the belt latched down to be like 18, 18 inches, you know, 16 inches. You don't want it to be very, very constrictive. I mean, you want it to be about 19 to 20. So you actually, or even 21, it's where you have to fill up into that belt. You have to take up as much space as possible. If you have, you know, two square feet that you need to fill, you need to fill every single inch of that two square feet. That's the point of it. Like, you know, Joe Sullivan with the, with the breath belt. The whole point of that is not to have that belt constrict you. It is to fill up the belt, to push into that belt that is trying to constrict you, that is trying to add resistance. And you are trying to constantly fill the belt up, fill the belt up while it is squeezing you. Same thing. Why people, you know, different West Side programs will use bands or chains. Like as you go up, as you press into it, the weight increases because the tension increases or the weight coming off the ground. Same thing with that. As you push into that belt, that breast belt, it is squeezing you back. And then you take that until you can't do it anymore. And you relax and then you do it again. But eventually you're going to be sitting there and your posture, your core is going to be hammered. And you're going to build up a greater ability to brace but when people use these external factors such as belts to constrict themselves that's not the point and that is why we use beltless stuff so when you get underneath that load and you've been doing it beltless the whole time and you've been having to flex and push out your stomach and fill up as much space as you can then you have that belt on you and you're able to fill into something now oh my gosh um, if you go back through and you watch my, uh, watch my squat videos from Ragnarok invite, I mean, every single rep, it was like 650, 694, 720, 75. Every time before I go, you see me flex and fill that belt. And you'll see this out of a lot of big lifters. Um, that is the point. That is what we're looking for. And you can't really, you can learn how to do it with a belt on. But you're not going to get the long-term strength. You're not going to get that GPP, that general physical preparedness out of it. And you're not going to get a strong of a core using a belt, using all these things constantly. You're not going to have your wrists and your elbows be as ready to go and your knees be as ready to go and your hips be as ready to go if you're constantly babying them and putting something on. So when we go through our foundational training and our strengthening phase, beltless, that is the point. Even down to the down to the gear. I mean, we're not running a ton of gear through these off-season stuff. I mean, we're at a very low dosage. We're we're at a very, very, very low dosage. There's no orals, it's strictly injectables. And it is at such a low dosage, so much of the off-season is spent on a low cycle, minimal external factor. And then as we get into the peak, then we start to peak things up. It allows your body to be healthier, which is the main focus here. If you're constantly having to use a belt, constantly having to use knee sleeves, constantly having to use wrist wraps, constantly having to be on a ton of gear, you're not doing yourself any favor. You're not making yourself get stronger on your own in the off season. Not that it's on your own because you are using gear, but you're not getting as much natural improvement as you would if you were doing it on a lower cycle, if you were doing it without a belt, without wrist wraps, without knee sleeves. So... That is your focus in your off season. And that is why we go beltless, knee sleeveless, wrist wrap less. Damn near 70%, 75, 80% of our, of our training is done without all that. 
Um, and it makes a dramatic improvement. Look at Cody. Look at a lot of the people in my group. I mean, some of these guys are improving their their numbers 20% over the course of two years, two or three years. Well, that's excellent. That is fucking excellent improvement. And it's because they can do all these movements beltless. They can do all these movements just with their body. They can belt or they can body weight squat correctly. They can squat with an empty bar on their back correctly. They don't have to have heavier weight on the barbell loading their body in order to do it correctly. Even weight is an external factor. If you cannot squat correctly, body weight squat with excellent, excellent, technically proficient form, you have no real business loading it up. And that's why so much of our training is spent in such low percentages, high volume, because it gives us the ability to grow really, really proficient squatters, benchers, and deadlifters for their body type. So that is why we go beltless. That is why we do as little external factor work as we possibly can. But then at the same time, as soon as it comes time for a peak, and we're trying to get as strong as possible and finish, Oh yeah, put the wrist wraps on, put the knee sleeves on, belt up, get that nose torque going and go have some fucking fun. But there's a time and a place for everything. And off season is a great time to get rid of external factors, lock in, do the work, drop your gear and just train. Hopefully this is helpful to some of you guys. There's a lot of guys out there that I know could really benefit from listening to this podcast with an open mind and say, you know, okay, I'm going to try that. And it's going to kick you in the nuts. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck. It's going to be different. You're not going to be as strong for a while. But then when you get to that point, it's going to be good. I mean, I'm a 507.1 pound bencher. I'm able to go 474 with no wrist wraps. I am a 782.6 pound deadlifter, and I have gone all the way up to 715 pounds beltless. And I am a 727.5 pound squatter, and I've gone up to 620 pounds beltless and 585 pounds for four reps beltless squats a little bit harder but we're still working on it so it's possible it takes time but that's taking me a couple years to build up to it's taking me a couple years to build up to that 80 85 percent moving it moving it you know consistently so don't expect to come in and just get after it right away but i guarantee you it will make you stronger because your whole body has to work together correctly all right, guys, I appreciate you guys hopping on the Iron Money podcast. We didn't talk about money today. We talked about the iron, but this is where you will make your money on the platform. So hope you guys enjoy it. We appreciate you. Talk to you soon.